Hey guys, my name is Sufal. I'm Mervin. And welcome to TMA. Today we have another breaking friend of ours. We see him in a bunch of our sessions. Uh, feel free to introduce yourself. Hey guys, this is Daryl, or as most of you might know me from the breaking scene, it's Dax. Dax. All right, so Dax, on our podcast, we always ask our guests to give us pretty much an elevator pitch about themselves. If you were in an elevator with somebody you want to impress, how would you introduce yourself? Take as long as you want, just whether it's your career, what you like to do, if you have a proposal, whatever it may be. Okay. All right, well, so I'm pretty much a filmmaker, a storyteller. I, uh, I've been in the freelance game doing photography and filming for five to six years. I'm also in the breaking game, so I've been dancing for about 10 years. I love art, and uh, I'm in the pursuit of how to tell good stories and entertain people with them. Damn. Yeah. Oh, wow, that super intro. deep. I love that intro. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, before, before we get into uh, learning more about Daryl, um, I think this is the first podcast we've had someone recommend a guest on. Um, I think yeah, Kevin. So Kevin, Kevin Tang, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah so he was he asked, okay. So he messaged us saying okay because we always ask people to um, like recommend their friends and I go just recommend people who are interesting. So Daryl's our first first recommendation actually. So um, yeah, shout out to shout out to Kevin. I, I said um, I'd give him credit for this. Oh, full credit. Yeah, full credit. Kevin <laughs> shout Tang, out to him right now. Four K man. <laughs> shout out <laughs> Kevin Tang. Four K yeah. man. He's my crewmate. You know, I've been oh, dancing with him for maybe. Uh, good seven or eight years Jeez. how'd you guys meet we met on the ymca and this is a funny story because i was just breaking you know just doing my thing there's kevin all the way there but on the other other side of the room and uh i sat down to take a break we'd been breaking for about an hour you know by ourselves sometimes like eyeing each other out you know <laughs> i just sit down and i take a break and then he slides all the way to me like this, like kind of like, uh, you know, trying to grab my attention or trying to grab anyone's attention. He just slides all the way to me, sits beside me, and just goes like, "Yo, you're dope." <laughs> oh, okay. Those two words, "You're dope." I wish yeah. I heard that from him. <laughs> and that was a, that was a nice compliment. So, from then on, we've been friends. And then uh, I also joined Ty Rips. Oh, which oh, was Ty Rips. Yeah. Oh, okay. Tyrus is dope. Everyone types is so cool. Yeah, okay. Clayton recruited me at an early uh during the early years of Tyrus, I think. Maybe after he formed it a year or two, he asked me to join. Oh, okay. Dang. So wait, how many people how, who's in Tyrus again? How many people? Okay, let me count. So there's Clayton, mm-hmm. there's Kevin Tang, there's me, there's Wayne, there's Gordon, and then there is Van Luke. Who oh. doesn't break anymore, but he's a baller. He plays basketball and he's all the way in Scarborough near Malvern. And sometimes he hangs out with us, but he used to break. Okay. Yeah. But he's still our boy, even though he doesn't break. Mm, it's kind of yeah. fun to have him around. Okay, yeah. awesome. And I think there's still one more person. Let me think. Oh, whoever's last. <laughs> whoever's last. <laughs> he's about to be feel, he's going to feel so dissed. He's going to be like, yo, how do you forget me? Yeah, I know, right? So there's Kevin Tang, Wayne, me. Clayton. Oh no! What it was? Oh, yeah, I said Gordon and I said Van Luke. What it was was that we had past members who came and left. Ah, mm-hmm. okay, so, okay. Uh, maybe I wouldn't say their names. Right. See, no one was forgotten. Yeah. So, uh, what do you do career-wise? Like, how do you make money? How do you make? How do you pay the bills? I do uh, photography and uh, and video. Oh snap! So yeah. for a couple of uh, brands and a couple of companies, I have um, this year. I have about. 
just a handful of clients I used to have more it fluctuates up and down but I've done it all I've done I've done parties downtown I've done weddings I've done I've even done a funeral I've done you know marketing videos online educational videos YouTube videos and vlogging oh music yeah. videos music videos is a lot of fun that's the closest to what I want to do in the you know in the in the future more music videos more kind of like fiction more like hey we need some cool visual work mm. to tell our story so i'll do that but everything that you know involves around my work is still around story i still have to help the client tell their story and reach a bigger audience with the images that i give them yeah i totally get that what do you find most difficult about your work is it like the, the fact that it's freelance what i find most of yeah Yes and no. What I find most difficult about the work is that the fact that you, when you receive the work and you've been commissioned and you've made the sale, you then have to do the whole creative part, which is a lot of fun mm. and the, the best part. But you can't put a time constraint on art and like how to put good stuff out. So sometimes I will take forever on something, but it needs to be out. And sometimes I'm taking forever on one project not knowing that I took a whole month to do it and I haven't made any sales on taking on other projects. So I, uh, I mm. fall behind on the financials, so, right? Yeah. So part of it being a freelance is that you're, you're part creative and then you're part business owner yeah. and you have to operate yourself like a business, but you also have to deliver like an artist. So. Yeah. Oh, that's totally. tough. Cause you're, I guess I know some people, they might work as a group or they might have a manager, but you're doing everything on your own, right? That is correct. And now I'm, I've I've had uh, I have friends now that whenever they don't they don't have time to do their job they'll ask me or whenever I don't have time to do my job I ask them to come in and fill in for me which is usually hard because like it's hard to trust people it's hard to trust people's quality so it takes time building a team I've been building a team of photographers and videographers since I've started some came and left some have stuck around I have um, a good community of like editors and, and camera people around me and i've started now a production company with two other uh cameramen one is a video editor and one is a uh, photographer and we're gonna do we're gonna focus this production company in just doing music videos and media packages for artists in the city mm. wow wow big plans yeah. <laughs> for me personally like i do photography but it's totally a hobby right like yeah. i find it unfathomable how to convert that from just like a hobby to like a passion so like i totally respect the fact that you're able to do it for like a, a livelihood that's crazy to me hey man thanks uh actually one thing i'd like to say about photography it didn't start out as a passion mm. when i first got into this whole thing which is um maybe five yeah five six years ago i uh didn't really know what i wanted to do i didn't have a passion for doing photography or video but what i did was i was breaking and then I shot a video of me and my friends dancing. And then I edited a video. And I liked that video. Mm. So from then on, I thought maybe I should try filmmaking. You know, growing up, I loved watching movies. I loved um, copying the, you know, w whenever I go to the movie and then I get off the theaters for the whole week, I'm that like main characters. You know, I'm, oh. I'm personifying that yeah, character. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, doing his lines and I respect the whole movie making industry. So I went to school for that and I did really well before then, before filmmaking school, I didn't know what, what I wanted to do. And, uh, 
I'd jump between job after job and then, you know, searching yeah. for myself and then found oh. it. Oh, so it wasn't like I was a kid doing photography and video my whole life and then I've always wanted to do this. It was mm-hmm. more like a recent came thing. out of the blue kind of. Oh, can yeah. I ask um okay cuz like Sufal and I we 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 kind of have like a wide variety of different extracurriculars and some of those are art based. So I'm I'm always considering I guess Sufal maybe you too like what if what would happen if we went into a career that involved the arts because it's not as i guess it's not seen as consi- like quote-unquote stable like you're like talking standard about. asian yeah yeah it's like and, yeah, our parents are like not yeah you no don't way. have the consistent flow of money like you're talking about so i'm just curious like how did i don't know how did your perspective of art change from before you're being paid i guess to now the kind of work you're doing sorry could you repeat that so pretty much he's asking like like did you did you have a different perspective on art before you used it as your oh. main source of work or was it always like, is it still the same from back then? I guess it has been still the same. The only difference was when I told my parents what I wanted to do. Mm. And, you know, they That's gave dicey. me the usual Asian response, mm. which was, and I'm Filipino. So mm. they're like, you know, why not doctor? Why not nurse? Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, and uh, I'd get calls from my grandparents from the States being like, are you, you, know, are you a nurse yet? Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to try filmmaking, mm-hmm. you know? So I've had those conversations with parents and it's been tough, but they've supported me. Um, they've trusted me and they've also helped me out when I've been down. Um, so I think I have, I have my mom to thank for that because she just, um, you know, when, when I, when I graduated high school, I actually went into acting yeah. for mm-hmm. six months and then I did well. But I was worried that I wasn't going to get a job. So to answer your question, yeah, I was kind of afraid that the arts would not get... Because for acting, what it was, was they would search for a role to fill. So they'll look at your face first before they look at your skills. They yeah, look at your I totally get face that. before your resume. So I was like, oh, I don't want that. You know, I, w- I want to be, be competent. I want to be known for my competence. So I gave up uh, you know, acting and then went into like... Um, Electrical engineering, which was more wow. heavy in math. Oh, wow. Where'd That's you go for that? Huh? Where'd you go for I electric? went to Centen- Centennial College. Okay, word, yeah. Yeah. I did well at first, and then I lost some motivation because it wasn't for me. I didn't like it. I got, and, you know, to make a long story short, I was just, I was uh, in probation, suspended. I didn't show up to class. Oh, You know snap. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if when, I, when I apply myself, it's well, but if I'm not in the class, how can I apply myself? So I never show up to class. Yeah. I got kicked out of school. I did a couple of jobs and then went back to filmmaking. And from then on, when I got into filmmaking, I was like, kind of like a straight A student. Damn. Trying mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. Well, you finally found your thing then, right? Kind of. Yeah. I think I found my thing to tell the world, hey, I'll do this cool stuff. Would you pay me for it? You know, mm-hmm. and for, for me, photography and video was that thing. So I just like delved deep into it when I first got into it, like read a bunch of books uh, watch a lot of YouTube videos and just like really learned how to do it well and how to sell myself and how to deliver something that once you deliver it, clients will call you back because they like your work. Okay. Actually, on the t- okay on the topic of books, uh, so Sufal and I were both in science programs and you would think that people in like programs like science, math, they w- we'd be reading a lot. But I find that it's usually people in who are like usually in arts-based programs or just artists in general. I feel like they read more often than, um, I guess, just all these STEM people do. So you're talking about books. You're, you're, you've read books a bunch before. Uh, what kind of books do you read? 
Well, right now, I back then actually when I first got it because I wanted to learn the whole mechanics of how to work a camera and video editing and everything from the hardware to the software to the techniques. So I first started with textbooks, you know, and history, and um, and then I I, f I forgot the names and titles one day because I just moved to Markham, so I'm building my library. So all the books that have helped me so far. I'm going to make a journey and, and a goal for myself to buy, rebuy those books and put them in my library. Mm, yeah. And good, good, good gift idea. If you, you know, if you have a friend's birthday and you don't have a gift, just give him one of the books that you, uh, you've read. You personally enjoy. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so to answer your question, the books I'm reading now, um, I go into Indigo. I go into any bookstore and I look at what's on sale. That's a great way Anything to do it. Anything yeah, that's yeah. like a I'm also I'm also searching for classics. So um, I love reading Mark Twain, C.S. Lewis. Um, right now I am reading Mark Twain's little uh, adventure around the Holy Land in Europe in in mid 1800s, and that's a lot of fun because imagine traveling around mid 1800s, no internet and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, totally different world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love fiction and nonfiction, and it jumps. I usually read between, you know, three to five books at a time. Wow. They, 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 all, mm. get, they all get done after a couple of months, but I get bored reading one, and then I'm like, it's just really? Nice. Are you, you're able to focus on, I guess, multiple books at the same time? Like, for me, I, I don't find that I can do one fiction and one nonfiction, but I can't do five nonfiction or five fiction. Do more, because like you said, you separate your, your, the time of your day by your meals. Yeah. Do something in the, you know, for breakfast, do something for lunch, do something for dinner, do something for when you go out, just surround yourself with a bunch of words and different, because it's, it's a lot of fun peering into people's uh, ideas and how they see the world. And whenever I open a, a book, it's like opening a door in their room. You mm. know what I mean? So I just peek in a little bit, peek in a little bit, peek in a little bit, and then I go about my day. But they all get done, and um, and I also read out loud, and I read through. Oh, okay. I, I read with like some lo-fi hip hop beats, and sometimes <laughs> oh, I rap that's the classic. books. Classic. Oh, rapping the book. I've done that for textbooks. Yeah. That's a lot of yeah, fun, isn't it? That is super fun. And it helps because like you just read the words, uh, you know, you read it perfectly, and you say it with conviction because you want to do it to the beat. So yeah, you exactly. So you're putting more effort into reading. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I guess it also helps because you're talking about you're trying to practice like vocalization as well. Yeah. So I guess in that case, yeah. And not, wasn't there some studies where it's like if you're trying to associate some, like, how, how, oh, do yeah. You if, mean? like, say you listen to music and you study to it. If, you say, during the exam, if you were able to, normally you're not, if you're able to listen to that music again, it'll bring up so those It's like memories. the same environment. Like they yeah. say, oh, if you're taking a test, you want to study in a similar environment to that testing environment, right? So yeah. I'm sure, yeah, it probably helps with memory in that way too. Yeah. My, my memories kind of uh, improve you know, through reading. And, you know, it's also improved, which I lacked a long time ago, was small talk. Small oh. talk was usually a big problem for me. And as a business owner, you got to get good at small talk. Because oh, yeah. once, once you're in a venue and I'm in the venue and I'm doing my photography, back then, I just do my job and leave. But now I'm in there and I'm kind of performing my brand and I'm kind of like meeting people here yeah, and I'm giving them make compliments. Make some new connections, I'm potential to, customers. Yeah, because I'm trying to book myself for more work. Right. Small talks needed yeah. for business. So I'm pretty socially awkward. So I'm just curious. Do you have any tips for doing small talk with mm. people? Like after, you know, you had so, so much experience now. Uh, yes. And this is actually from a book that I'm reading right now currently called, uh, it's by Dale Carnegie, how to, 
How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a great book. You should should read it. Yeah, I heard of it. And that book, what it says is that um, I think uh, to answer your question, I'm going to take something from that book, actually. So um, in that book, it's just focusing on the other person and trying to be generally interested in the other person's life. And that will help with small talk. Because what it is, is that when you meet that person, you first try to remember their name and you have to try and remember their name. That's one thing that will help your small talk improve as well. Remembering the small details. And then after that, after you introduce yourself and your name, you you uh, connect on just the the slightest thing that they say. Whether Like the, the first couple of words, I'm pretty sure you can connect with them as long as you listen to them. You can listen to the way they say it. You can listen to... Um, you can ask them for the context of why it is that they said that, you know, you can, you can say something like, you know, how's your day? What'd you do today? I usually have like a, a, a library of, um, of like questions that I fall back to that are really easy, mm. which some things like, you know, uh, referring back to a holiday or like, when was the last time you had a vacation? Did you take a trip somewhere? What's your goals this year? Anything to do with that person's past? Or the future, or even the present. You can find questions in anything. And it helps to think really fast and quick. And I think what's helped me to think fast and quick is just reading a bunch of different books and being generally interested in a bunch of different things, different topics in life. Mm. I mean, you're killing me on the podcast right now. That's so. true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely enjoying listening to you yeah. right now. Cool. So, Daryl, uh, earlier on before we started the podcast, or maybe you mentioned it when you're giving us your elevator pitch, you mentioned something about poetry. So could you tell me more about that? And like, Yeah, so uh, late last year and uh, a, l- a little bit of this year, I took, I took a little break from it when I went to the States in the summertime. But I got into really researching a little bit about poetry. I, I, it just like I realized how some people's words and these people have been long dead. But yet, people still write them out. That people still still make money out of them. People still get inspired off of them. So I got real interest in poetry, and he, the person that got me interested was listening to Bob Dylan, because uh, they would say that a lot of his like mysterious, well-written lyrics come from his love of poetry, mm-hmm. and he loved poetry, and that man did a lot of art for the world, and he wrote a lot of songs, and uh, they're all great, and the story in them is so interesting and vivid when you hear them. And I'm like, wow, I gotta, I gotta see what poetry is about, you know? So I just like searched online top 10 poems that every person should know. Mm -hmm. And then I found, I found that site. And then I just like quickly remembered the first one or two. And then from then on, I've been, uh, it's been a habit of mine to try and remember a poem. Oh. Do you still so, remember the first poem you you memorized? Yeah, recite it for us right now. On the sure, phone. yeah, because like I don't remember it by words. I remember it by patterns. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? It's by heart now. It's not like by memory. Yeah. So this one is by Robert Frost. Oh, okay. You know that one? Yeah. Oh, everyone knows Robert Frost. Yeah. Okay, so this one's about uh, what's it called? The road not taken. Yeah. By Robert Frost. So I'll say it right now, okay? And then I'll tell you when I'm done. I'll say thank you. Right. <clears throat> so. The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. Two roads diverge in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked one down as far as I could to where bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other just as fair. 
and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. And each due morning that equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. But knowing how way leads on to way, I doubt if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, in ages and ages hence. Two roads diverge in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by, but that has made all the difference. Thank you. That was great. So for you listeners out there, um, when we record this podcast, I actually have monitors in my ear, and that sounded amazing. So I'm hoping when we post this podcast, it sounds just as great for you yeah, guys. I hope all of you guys appreciate ears, it just yeah. as much. Thank you. Great. I heard my voice crack a little bit, but uh, you know, get me warmed up. I'll probably do a couple more. Right now, I have like seven or eight of my in my heart. Right? Oh wow! I just remembered one. Oh sorry, I just remembered one today, and I was actually preparing it to read it to you oh, guys. Oh wow! But I'll wait until the end okay. of the podcast we'll close, if I can we'll close off with that. Then that'd be yeah. dope. Oh, but I have yeah. like, you know, seven that I can. Re- wow! Yes, uh, Jeez, I, how, how do you choose like which ones you want to look at more into? Because there's so many poems out there. There are, and there's so many different styles of poems as well. Some are very long. Some are entire books. You know, and some mm-hmm. are just like three lines how i choose a poem is like usually it's thematic what happens is like i see something on the news my friend says something and then i find a poem about it and i'm like oh, i want to rem- remember that at first it was all about the classic poems it was all about the poems about people who are who have written them and they've been dead for hundreds and three hundreds of years you know mm-hmm. i find those poems to be the most fun because the language is so different um, but really I'd love to get into it more. I have so many interests. Like I also work out, I, do, I, I work out almost every day. So yeah. there's a lot of things and then business. So my goal for poetry, just to tell you guys is to try and reach 50, if not 50, a hundred, but 50 to a hundred that I can just remember by pattern. And what it is, is that I don't remember the words, my, my, my mind already knows where they are. All I need to all I need to do is just say the words. Once I say the first word, I know what the second word is. Once I've said the last word of that last sentence and that stanza, I know the the whole stanza of the next one. It's, it's like it's like, like remembering music. It's like muscle memory. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm I, trying to get to 50 to 100 because you never know if I if I get to 50 to 100 poems remembering it by heart, it might unlock some artistic some next level level. some next level (laughs) vision and then i'm because like uh, my thing is i want to shoot shoot films Mm -hmm. and i can't uh, i haven't uh shot like a fiction film of my own uh for a long time the last thing i've shot was probably just after school you know and my goal is to do more filmmaking like write and shoot and edit and release it um in order to do that you need to have a lot of inspiration you need to have a lot of mm. scenes that are already in your head so just like i'm i'm on to the whole story thing and poems are great because poems are like short stories right mm, yeah yeah, yeah. They're it's like cool. Im- imagery yeah. it's cool because like i think all your like um how do i say this a lot of your skills and interests it's like they all kind of build on top of each other right they kind of layer because by i guess well, well, first of all, once you get to 50 poems, we got to have you back on. Oh, hi. <laughs> but yeah, they kind of like, by, I guess by reading more poetry, you get more stories, which will help you do your films. And I guess by doing more films, it'll help you with 
poetry. Yeah, everything. Like, yeah they for, kind of like help each other. For using a bio term, they're cross-linked. Oh, okay. They're yeah, cross-linked. cross-linked. There, there you go, science people. Yeah. <laughs> What's great is that throughout, because I'm also interested in like economics and like f- philosophy as well and politics, science as well. Um, you know, and I, I took a video, I, I took a look at YouTube at the whole theory of like Einstein's field of equations. And I'm like, I like to learn that. Or like I searched online how to how to um, how to get a PhD in a year or like you know can can someone really old could and then I have get a PhD and then when I was younger I used to play violin and I'm like I like to do that again when I'm like 60 or 70 so there is a lot of things that I'm interested in and it would suck if I died sooner than late and not accomplish everything that I want to do I think we even touched this because, like, on our last podcast, or the for you listeners out there, the podcast before this uh, with uh, Jameson and Dominic, we touched the topic of uh, like having so many hobbies and not being able to focus on all of them at all the time. <laughs> yeah, how do you uh, find how do you find time actually, like, yeah. to do all these things? Um, you don't talk about it. You don't talk about it with people. You just go do them, and then what you talk about with people are not the things that you are trying to do, but the things that you have accomplished. The fun thing about this podcast is I'm being very open with you guys, right? Um, but really, I would just like not to fail. And if if you really want something, you just gotta really go for it. I mean, there's no way around it. You know what I mean? Like um, someone who does write and and play music all day will be like the greatest musician in that town. But someone who does like play music and he, he plays music in the morning and then works out at the afternoon, he's not going to be as good as that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But everyone's different, you know? What I find is that the great thing with hobbies is that you find what you like. And the more you explore hobbies, you find what you're good at. And what happens is the older you get, the ones that you like doing and you happen to be good at, those stick around. But the ones that you love and not so great at, you might sacrifice some time in your life to work on that. Mm. But sooner or later, you might have to drop that as well. And in the end, you're, you're going to leave, you're going to sacrifice everything to have the three or four things that you'll be doing in your life for for the rest of your life filtering out the mm-hmm. rest yeah but you filtering. have to explore first right you have to explore first before you sacrifice everything right mm. so do you think you're still in the exploring stage or have you found the three or four things that you really want to do i feel like i've been doing video and photography for five six years and i want to get into because I, I i've been getting into more like a small business and corporate gigs and kind of dry stuff it's all about for the profit it's all about getting customers to like your company and buy this or buy your service and i like to stay away from that i like to get into more like storytelling you know what i mean like creating care you know what i really want to do is create characters that can last a a long time way long after i'm dead because there are characters out there like ninja turtles you know what i mean like imagine everyone knows that (laughs) (laughs) there are these classic characters in books that don't exist like i love i love anime you guys love uh, anime yeah oh i don't watch uh, it too much watch. i'm more of an anime fan <laughs> like i love goku i love oh. the whole idea of goku and yeah, dragon ball now, Z. i'm still waiting for the next season of super to come out <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm still waiting too yeah. man i'm still in that yeah. and i find it crazy because akira toriyama the creator of dragon ball i don't really care for him i don't really yeah. but he's cool he's i cool. don't want him to die so that the series keeps going because he's yeah. the creator but 
my hero is Goku. Yeah, not it's the a character you remember, not the creator. Yeah, mm. I totally get that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Because after he's gone, everyone's still gonna remember Goku. Right? Yeah, like uh, after the original run of Dragon Ball Z, there was a Dragon Ball GT series, and that wasn't made by Kira Toriyama. Everyone that's still followed that, oh. right? But then Super came out by him, and then everyone forgot about GT, and now it's Super. Yeah. Wow. I mean, leaving a legacy—that's that's something. Mickey Mouse, you know, Walt oh, Disney. Yeah. True. Plenty of examples. Yeah, <laughs> I guess for you guys, because you're into the whole biochem, it's like it's the research paper, it's the articles, yeah, it's, it's the breakthroughs. Yeah, the thing with like science, I find is like especially with the research papers, it's like I'll like reference some people, like say I'm writing an article right now, I'm writing an article on audiology and like how Google uses it, right? Um, and like I'm r- citing a bunch of these other papers. I'm like, oh, this guy has this idea. I'll put it in my paper. I'll reference him. But like twenty minutes later, I'll be like, who the hell did I just reference? I don't remember them. Because I, for me personally, I find science is so saturated with like small discoveries. Yeah, nobody's yeah. making it's like a, little increments. Yeah, like you look at like Watson and Crick, or actually that's a bad example. Thomas Edison, for example, and the light bulb, because he made such like a like such a crazy thing. It's simple in its idea, but it's such a crazy thing that everybody uses. Everyone remembers him. But right. he also built that off of so many other people. So yeah, all those yeah. people that helped him out, no the, one remembers right. him. <laughs> we, we don't remember. Yeah. 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 So that's that's kind of it's, it's kind of weird in that regard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I feel like in science, I don't. I would like to have a paper that's like super influential, but I don't think that always happens. Like everyone in science wants to win the Nobel Prize, right? But I don't even remember all the Nobel Prize winners. So yeah, <laughs> what are the things that you remember? I mean, why did you get into it? For me, it was more so like my end goals. Like shoot, like for me, um, like going into life sciences. Like obviously there's like the Asian pressure class, like going to science, medicine, etc. But even once I got into university, one thing I looked into a lot was audiology. What I mentioned earlier, it's pretty much like the science behind the ears, and yeah, that came yeah. from like my love of music from when I was younger. I played the violin. I still play the violin to this day. I sing. I do all of this stuff. I'm like, yo, how do I implement this into like science? Because I also love science. And now my goal is not so much to do research in it, but more so delve into that field and find what I like in it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. See, because for me, I don't, obviously, I remember more of the research that interests me, but I also remember research more by scientists that I've actually talked to in person. So even though, or not even in person, but ones I've like contacted, like there's one guy I recently emailed, uh, he's, I think he's from the UK, or no, he, he works in the UK, but he's from Portugal. And the reason I contacted him was because I made like a, an animation on something that really interested me. I was like, hey, um, this I really like this kind of work, and you do kind of work that's similar to this. I don't know. Here, here, here's my animation. If you like it, just or you want to look it over, just let me know, right? So he, he looked it over. He emailed me, and he said he'd share with his lab group. And I'm like, so I remember that. I remember his work. But, right? Yeah, I feel like that's because of like a personal connection right. you made with him. But but there's so many things in my animation that scientists who I actually referenced, I, I don't remember their names, right? So wait, you created an animation video? Yeah, yeah it was like like, a, like an explainer video. Yeah, I, for like a school project. And then I said, I have a script for another co- one coming up. And this one is specifically more about your, your kind of research. But I never heard of him before. I just Googled like, oh, hey, this guy exists. He did a TED Talk. He just me- came out of the blue. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. maybe he'd like it. So I just emailed him and yeah, he liked it. That's big because a lot of the times what I find from scientists is that they don't know how to communicate to the public about their grand discoveries and yeah, ideas. Yeah, exactly. And you know like, what I mean? Sh- but oh. what's really helpful is I find in YouTube are these short short science videos but mm. like entertainment like and making it like available for the public to like digest 
what science really is. Yeah, like a lot of these great discoveries, they're put in like a science journal. It's like, okay, cool, they're in a science journal. As a regular person of the public, they're not going to go get a science journal, look through it. So when there's like animation channels like Marvin who create like, basically summarize it, put in layman's terms, put in terms we can understand. It's like, great, that's what most people learn from. That's where most people will end up actually finding it anyways. Yeah, yeah. I think actually there's um there's a club at McMaster, the university that Sue and I go to, and I think they're called demystifying medicine and i'm not part of them but i'll shout to them because i think what they do is they have all the students in their course i think and also in the club they make animations based off uh, like mcmaster science their research so it's super cool to see because it's kind of like okay it gets undergraduates into it it gets the actual phd the researchers it gets their work out there and i think that's super cool because i what what, on youtube what what do we have we have like kirk's have you heard of kirk's kirk's got i think no okay they're pretty big they're like a german animation channel um there's crash course uh, crash course I, I know crash yeah course. so there's not a lot out there but those ones i find like they're they're really good for the general public but that that's just a small portion of all the research that's out there right yeah. so i feel like I know, I, i'm kind of biased but i feel like we definitely need to it's, get we have like this huge resource called the internet where yeah. we have all this access but now it's tough to find stuff in there right there's so much yeah. yeah it's like what are you gonna learn about there's like new stuff every single millisecond of the day yeah, yeah. how do you know let me ask you guys what, what do you find that you like and you know that it's credible how do you for me it's like i'm not gonna lie like even like a year ago i would look into stuff that would, was incredible but then because I looked into it when I was younger, I'm like, oh, this seems legit. It takes a while to filter out a lot of stuff. Um, but like I like even now I'll find a new channel and I'll be like, oh, this guy posts cool stuff. Let me watch it. And then I don't necessarily take it to heart anymore. Like I wait until I can find other people saying the same thing. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, no, this, this is actually legit. Mm. Right? And I the whole a lot the of the whole people, scientific consensus. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people, like especially, you know, basic people that aren't exactly in science, they'll watch a YouTube video, take that as a be all and end all. And I guess it makes sense for them because to them, why would they go out of their way to do even more research to figure out if it's legit or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, pop, like true information is always oh, there's like so much pop science. Like, yeah, oh. exactly. It's like, what's pop science? You want to explain? Like, you go ahead. Okay. So, okay. How do I, how do I, how, how would you break this? I'm, I'm actually very confused how to say pop this science is like, like there's like really credible research journals. Yeah. And then there's like, I, I don't know. Pop they they kind of like, like pick and choose little bits of information. That's like, they know people will care about. It's like confirmation uh, bias. Sort yeah, of in it's there like too. Say if they find a protein in like, uh, in somebody with cancer, it's like, Oh, this protein might affect their cancer. How they would post it is new breakthrough in cancer protein that can save cancer. And then yeah. they'll make it like yeah. much more. So it's relevant. false information. Like I, it's not, I, because some people are like, oh, maybe it helps people know more about it. But if it's misinformation, then it's kind of the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Hit or miss. But I, in terms of, the, I think you asked before, like, how do we find what's credible? At least for me, I, I, I try to find, if I obviously I have an opinion on things. So I try to make sure I find the opposite opinion mm-hmm. because I don't want to have that bias because a lot of people, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You're just going to look for things that are in your favor. For example, all right, I'm right now looking into making animation on like life extension, like is that should we have it should we not and my own personal opinion <laughs> is like i'm for it like a lot of our medicine is geared to helping people live longer and healthier but i was considering oh maybe i should look into the you what know, are the, the reasons not yeah. to well, yeah. what is the counter argument yeah i'm only on chapter one right now so of the <laughs> book i'm reading so i can't get back to you on that but it's okay maybe in a future episode i'll have the uh consensus on what i think awesome yeah so uh, we just got back from a little break, and 
uh, let's hear some more of your poems. Sure, yeah. yeah. They're not my poems. Oh, this my, my They've bad. been written You're by, uh, you know, other people. Long, other people long time ago, right? This one is called, let me see. This one is The Charge of the Light Brigade by Alfred Lord Tennyson. I just right. read the name of the poem, the author. I'll try it out because I've was i been learning it uh, last night and today. Mm. And uh, I just have to trust myself because a lot of times I find that I'm never going to remember the whole thing. And I just have to trust that when I say this, I'll know the next one. You mm. know what I mean? It's like going through the right doors. Right? Yeah, Don't go yeah, through that yeah. door. But if I do, if I fill this one, I'll just do another one for you guys. All right, okay. all right, on the spot live. Okay, here we go. Charge with the Light Brigade. Half a league, half a league, half a league onward. All in the valley of death rode the six hundred. Forward the Light Brigade, charge for the guns, he said. Into the valley of death rode the 600. Forward the light brigade, was there a man dismayed? Not though the soldier knew someone had blundered. There is not to make reply, there is not to reason why, there is but to do and die. Into the valley of death rode the 600. Cannon to the right of them, cannon to the left of them, Cannon in front of them, volleyed and thundered, stormed at with shot and shell, boldly they rode and well, into the jaws of death, into the mouth of hell, rode the 600. Flashed all their sabers bare, flashed as they turned in air, sabering the gunners there, charging an army while all the world wondered. Plunged in the battery smoke, right through the line they broke. Cossack and Russian reeled from their saber stroke, shattered and sundered. Then they rode back, but not, not the 600. Cannon to right of them, cannon to left of them, cannon behind them, volleyed and thundered, stormed at with shot and shell. While horse and hero fell, they that had fought so well came through the jaws of death, back from the mouth of hell. All that was left of them, left of six hundred. When can their glory fade? Oh, the wild charge they made. All the world wondered. Honor the charge they made. Honor the light brigade. Noble 600. Thank you. Uh, that was great. I think I may have missed one or two words. I'll check back next time and let you guys know. <laughs> but I think that was 100%. Uh, That's awesome. Yo, man, that was, you, you guys are listening, but he's not. he has it all in his head. Yeah, he's like, not looking at anything right now. His phone is to his side. No papers, nothing. He's just straight, straight from the dome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing images in my head when I say yeah, them. That's yeah, what that helps. 
Sometimes I close my head because I see you yeah, guys. I, can, I don't I can, see I can, it. I can see you like literally going through it. You can see the gears that. turning in there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have to do a video episode one of these days just so our viewers could see. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, with that poem, I'd like to wrap up our podcast today. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. We appreciate you so much. Are there any like social media, Instagram, like, whatever you want to shout out? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you can find me at Instagram uh, at Reyes Daryl. So it's at r-e-y-e-s-d-a-r-y-l uh in facebook you can find me daryl dax reyes if you guys want to add me on facebook <laughs> might as well uh websites don't have any i'm starting a bunch of companies with a bunch of people and then i'll have websites there but as a personal brand you can just find me on uh, on instagram awesome all right with that said I want to thank you again for coming on our podcast. For anybody listening, if you guys want to be on our podcast, whether you're interesting or not, whether you have a topic or not, feel free to DM us on our Instagram at tellmeaboutpodcast or email us at tellmeaboutofficial at gmail.com. Uh, with that said, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you on another episode, right? You'll listen to us on the next oh, episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right bye. bye, guys. Bye.